Hello, everybody. So, uh, listen, last week, a little awkward. Uh, we thought we were done. Um, but, uh, you know, as happens sometimes uh, in work, sometimes the work's not quite completed, so you need to pick up an extra shift. So that's what we're doing. We're here at the night shift, and uh, we're picking up a little extra shift here, but it's a little special. You know, we've been recording a bunch of things as a, as, as with a variety of different hosts covering the stories in Stephen King's Night Shift, but uh, we realized we left off a pretty important one. Um, the, one of the stories that was not covered, either in a patron segment or in the regular segment, was the last rung on the ladder. But then, thankfully, uh, like I realized that we had covered it uh, not that long ago, uh, a couple years ago when we covered the Stephen King adaptation of the film The Running Man. Uh, the Stephen King wrote the novel, and Arnold Schwarzenegger starred in The Running Man, you know, all that great stuff. Um, during that, we actually covered the last rung on the ladder. So what you are going to hear, what you're about to hear, um, is kind of a reboot, a redo. Uh, it's, a, it's like an extra shift. It's a bonus shift. Uh, we're going to revisit our conversation on the last rung on the ladder because it is one of the stories in Night Shift. Uh, so Nathan and I are here just sort of tidying things up, some finishing up before we get to our waffle party uh, this coming Tuesday. So, uh, so yeah, uh, in just a few minutes, we want you to enjoy. Uh, hey, what? Dude, do I have to, like, unpack all these waffles myself? Like, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm coming. Just, I'm coming. They, I, you listen, just, yeah. you love to find okay. rabbit holes inside of rabbit holes. Listen, so I know it's true. It's true. Listen, um, I can we me and can we wrap me and my up? rabbits. Yeah, yeah. No, we're, okay. Tell so, me about the rabbits, rabbit, like, or don't actually. <laughs> no, 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 don't. Very, very awkward. Um. So, uh, but no. Here's uh, so so listeners. Uh, I'm gonna get back and, and help Nathan because I don't like it when he gets grumpy. Um. But uh, he, he turns into Ang Lee's Hulk. Um. So uh. So we're gonna Man. we're gonna. <laughs> so uh listen uh hang tight and enjoy a rehash of our conversation from a couple years ago uh part of the segment of our running man episode uh but covering specifically from stephen king's night shift the story the last rung on the ladder we hope you enjoy it and we'll see you on tuesday for the quarterly king episode on see night you guys shift. all right we like bye, to party bye, everybody so bye bye bye, bye. All right, hey man. Um, so, so I'm very... pull, us, pull us out of this deep well. Let's go. Let's go somewhere real <laughs> yes. shallow. A little, a little, uh, pull us back up into the. Uh, uh, let's run. Let's l- run like the Running Man sure. here, towards yeah. the shore. Um, okay, so we are in the throes of uh, a unique season for us. Um, a series of episodes uh, around the holidays. We usually try to do something. The last few years, we've done something sort of holiday themed, holiday horror themed. Um, and so uh, this year, because this was the year of King, Stephen King material, hashtag 19, um, we brought in uh, a concept he made with an early novella collection of his called Different Seasons. We're doing hashtag different seasons, tagging in on some non-horror Stephen King material. Um, and uh, with each installment last week we did um a conversation about stand by me which was based on his novella the body um this week we are going to be tackling uh what was originally a singularly released novel and later collected in a in a group of novels uh called the running man and we'll get into those details later because we are also tagging in on some shorter works along the way and i wanted to tag in specifically again uh non-horror shorter works um and so i wanted to look at this story from night shift called the last rung on the ladder now you had never read have you have you read the night shift collection at all or like have you encountered pieces from it before Um, that you're aware of you know, if I've encountered pieces from it, I'm not aware of it. I did. At this point, I'm 
versed enough in the catalog of King that I know the title and knew it was a short story collection, but I've not read any of it. I did want to, before we dive, before we climb up the ladder here, um, uh, read, (laughs) Read. Mm, 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 mm -hmm. you know, I want to tell you, I want to encourage listeners. Like if, if you're ever talking to someone about the fear of God and you're trying to articulate just what, what it is, stand by me might be the new go-to <laughs> uh, for, you know, even though it's not horror themed, the King connection is there though. Uh, <laughs> sure. Re-listening to that this week, I was struck by how serious it is in one block of 30 minutes and then how utterly asinine it gets by the end of it. I'm just like, this is why I do this. This is why I'm friends with me. This is why we do this thing is because, you know, we span, we span the whole spectrum, brother. It is. It's true. Happy to be a part of it. (laughs) <laughs> Likewise, my friend. Yeah, I would wholeheartedly recommend if you have not listened to the Stand By Me episode, uh, go back and check that out. We also uh, discussed in brief um, uh, Stephen King's uh, essay called Guns, uh, and and you're right. It's like the conversation was very um, sincere and, and kind of heavy around that, and then the Stand By Me conversation sort of pivots back and forth between some just uh, <laughs> just inane frivolity and uh, and some uh, you know what I consider to be some relatively thought provoking observations and yes it's it's a great episode we're really proud of it so go check that out so um I, but uh i want to talk a little bit about uh just literally like maybe a minute and a half about like night shift as a collection sure. um because night shift was his first collection of short stories stephen king had had launched his writing career by selling different short stories uh a lot of them were uh, a lot of the ones collected in night shift were sold to the magazine cavalier um he had sold some to like cosmo and um and even a couple to penthouse and you know some of the more adult uh, themed magazines but night shift collects a lot of them and night shift has had a lot of adaptations so there's a lot of stories in there that have been adapted to material either in short form or long form it contains the original story for graveyard graveyard shift which was a film the mangler which was a film sometimes they come back uh it contains the original story for the lawnmower man and though that was adapted into a film it is Really not the same story at all. Um, it, cr- it contains the original Children of the Corn. Um, and then there are several other, again, smaller works. It contains uh, the story Trucks that Stephen King later directed himself as Maximum Overdrive. So um, there's a lot of like... Uh, that's, a, sort of st- that's, a, that's a much more uh, energetic title than... <laughs> Trucks. <laughs> Trucks is so You know, basic. it's like, oh, hey, hey, guys, I got this short story. I want to submit it to all the... All the lad mags or whatever. It's, what's it called? It's, uh, you know, it's like trucks. You know, dudes like trucks. Like you, you know, it's you like, well, okay, well, trucks. what is it about? <laughs> R- really? <laughs> <laughs> okay, what do you, what do you, what do you want me to call it? Like, like supreme hyperspace or something? Like, no, no, whoa, no not, not supreme hyperspace. Trucks. No, something, something it's got to like be trucks. Like, how do, how Steve, put- Steve, that's not going to sell. <laughs> that's not going to sell. Like, you can't just make a movie and throw the word trucks on it and expect people to come. Yeah. Like, well, okay. Well- Pixar proved us wrong with cars. <laughs> 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 and there were more of those. There was, were, and then car, was too cars too. <laughs> anyway, okay. Right. right. Pulling us, pulling us back, pulling us back. Um, so, uh, Mostly the stories in Night Shift are uh, horror themed, as is most of King's work. Uh, but there are a couple stories in it, uh, one of which is the one we're about to discuss right now, that are not horror in the traditional sense. I mean, they may have some somewhat horrific elements, but uh, not horror in the traditional sense. And so last rung on the ladder, 
pivoting back to you, uh, what did you think about this story? Like, uh, just in, in general? Um, well, I will answer that with a slight story. So you, you have recognized that the best way to get me to consume some of these prose works these days is via audio and just I'm in the mm-hmm. car so much. And, and I am appreciative. You happen to have the audio of this and the short we're covering next week. And the one we're covering next week is what I listened to first and uh, was deeply kind of moved by it. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, wow, wow, we should, you know, we should really make room for that conversation. And, and not having listened to last rung on the ladder. And then I go and listen to it. I was like, uh, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> um, although what's interesting oh, and last rung on the ladder would serve this well too. Um, one, I think I just really enjoyed, I've made this reference before how I don't love the short story format in consumption. I actually like mm. short stories mm. and, and yeah, especially yeah. enjoy King short stories, but there's something weird. It's, it's a, it's a Nathanism where if I've got, you know, like an everything's eventual or, you know, that's got a, let's say eight to a dozen or however many are in it, there's this weird psychology attached to, well, I'm reading the book and I want to finish the book. And so I don't give as much sort of emotional space to the individual stories that are in it. Occasionally that's not the case, but you know, more or less that's kind of what can happen. And so it was really lovely to listen to these in a vacuum, like in, in total isolation of themselves. Um, and, and it was kind of neat to think we referenced this last week with stand by me that, you know, if you just, if you just played either of these, for somebody and said, Hey, you know, just listen to this. This is a little short story and gave no association for it. No one would come away and be like, Oh my God, you know, Stephen King, what a horror guy. Right. You know what I mean? Like right. th- these are yeah, not, absolutely. if anything, um, this one's got a little bit of a dramatic and or tragic aspect to it that you might say has a macabre sort of flavor, but I don't really think so. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I, I hear, you know, if anything, these, both of them are very rich, just, slice of life human dramas and i don't know i was, I was very yeah in, in fact i don't know if you want to dive into the content of last rung on the ladder do you want yes to? please okay. yes um yeah. so last Rung on the ladder short story uh the primary it's it's framed as a lot of king's work is um it's mm-hmm. it's framed by an adult sort of recounting a story um yes and in this case it's an older gentleman, you know, I, I would imagine thirties fish, something or like that. And yeah, he's telling this, 30s. he's telling this story of he and his sister's experience in the barn in which they grew up. And there was this massive ladder that extended three stories and they would climb it up, climb up it and jump off into a giant bale of hay effectively. And so he One, tells us, uh, I'm going to pause you yeah, right yeah, yeah. there. One important aspect for later in the story. And, and by the way, we are going to, have a conversation about this, so we're going to spoil it. Um, so, so either check the timestamp to skip it, or be aware that we're going to spoil it because I don't want to hinder the conversation. So they climb up that ladder, but then they had to crawl uh, like yeah. a few feet yeah. across a beam in order to get to a different spot. That's just important for later. You might have been getting there, so I apologize if you were. No, that's fine. But yeah, so yeah, they they climb this massive ladder and have to scooch a, a bit away to get over the hay bale, and so right, right. Um, and, and one thing slightly failed to mention here too, is the adult mentions having this letter from her. So yeah, as, as yeah. an adult, he has this letter and then he tells the story of them as kids. And so, um, they climb up 
once, they climb up twice on the third go round, I believe. And and you're getting the impression it's it's explicit that the the male character, the brother, is noticing the ricketiness of the ladder as he ascends it. And the third round, he makes it, he gets all the way up, he scooches over, he jumps into the hay, tries to tell the sister not to go up, I think, or at least just is aware that she's going up and gets concerned for her, the ladder. She makes it to the top, but... but Near the top. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. At the last rung, uh, per the title, yeah. The, yeah. the ladder crumbles beneath her, effectively, and so she's hanging, suspended, not above the bale of hay they always jump into. So he has to... Um, he hurriedly realizes, okay, she's going to fall. She may die if she does fall and hits the ground. So he moves much of the hay over beneath her enough so that she falls and survives. Well, then you, your, the framing device finishes when you learn that she has, as an adult committed suicide by jumping off of a building. And that's the letter he has learned. So that was a real crude way to recount that story. But what I was simply trying to get to is I didn't know the story. I, you know, I know enough King to know there might be a, a, a dent of, you know, kind of emotionality to it somewhere, yeah, but, but have yeah. no idea. And as a, as a little boy, he's telling, he's recounting the power of the image of seeing his sister leap like a swan off that upper banister thing. And, and so that image is really lovely and powerful. And he, I think even the text, he says something like, was ever a thing as perfect as this type of idea. Mm. And, and so I'm just sitting there listening in the car pickup line, you know, I'm sitting there listening <laughs> to the story, just kind of, you know, just, I've got, I've got 20 minutes here to kill. That's, that was very intentional. And then you get back to the present day and I don't remember, I don't have in front of me the, the, the note, what the note said, but you learn. I do. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so the so the note said, and and what one thing that's important to note. So she did that swan dive off of the off of the beam, the one that Nathan had said, you know, like he recounts as being like kind of perfect. Well, the headline he has a newspaper article clipping that says "Call Girl Swan Dives to Her Death," which is yeah. even more poignant. But the letter that she sent him, and she had—it's important to note that she had sent him at least two, but multiple, but two that we're aware of previous letters, letting him know about her life and asking him to come see her. And because of reasons legitimate to him at the time, he is unable to come see her. So the final letter simply says, I've been thinking about it a lot lately, and what I've decided is that it would have been better for me if that last rung had broken before you could put the hay down. And that's all the letter says. And so he he recounts that if he had seen this letter, he would have immediately known what mental state she was in and would have dropped everything to go and, and be with her. But... Part, and, I, and forgive me, I can't remember if you said this or not, but um, he had neglected to tell her or to keep her updated on his changing addresses. No, I didn't mention and, that. Yeah. And so and because he had neglected to tell her this, the letter she sent got forwarded like two or three times. And he and one line in it that I didn't write down, but he said, like, the scratching out of the addresses felt like accusations. And and so like he it got to him like two weeks after it would have gotten to him. And he recounts that it would have the the last line or, you know, her 
observation that it would have been better if she had died, basically, you know, if the last rung had broken before he could put the hay down and she had died then, that would have been enough to send him running, but it took so long to get to him, it was too late. And so he he did not receive the letter until she had already made her decision. This and, is uh, this yeah. is not the same, but last rung on the ladder doesn't do quite the heavy lifting that another short story I'm about to reference does. But mm. it is but last rung on the ladder is a similar of where I'm going with this of King's mastery of this form, which is to say his capacity to truncate a lot of character work in a very short space. Oh, um, yes. yes. And do you remember what book is it with the short where the two women neighbors, it's a poor, they're kind of on the poor side, have the fan full of kids that are going to some amusement park and end up, do you know where I'm going with this? They end up uh, killing themselves. I, I don't, I'm not, I'm, this is not pinging it's, for me. Is it a King one? Oh yeah. 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 Uh, it's, yeah it's, it's not, it's not pinging for me. Well, there's a short story he has where these, these two trailer park neighbor type women and all their kids somehow scrape together or something enough money to take them all to like, I envision like a Carowinds or Six Flags or something, not on a Disney sure, scale. Sure. And I remember reading this and what happens is basically the text of the material is their ride, their drive. Well, mm. where the story begins is them driving and recounting the energy and enthusiasm around this. And where the story ends is they have this mutual agreement and drive off the road, killing all of them. Well, which is awful. It is awful. But mm-hmm. I was so impressed from a technical level. I was like, I don't care about these people at the outset. I don't like them. They're not likable people. By the midpoint, you're like, okay, wow. By the end of it, you're like, oh my God, I cannot believe not just that you, you subjected me to this story, but (laughs) his ability to take in that case, what 20, 30 pages and be like, no, I actually totally understand why these characters have now done this terrible thing. Right. And that's what he's incredibly impressive at. Um, Anyway, so yeah. with last rung on the ladder, where I'm simply trying to make the connection here is her sentence to him of you shouldn't have done that. Like so much life, uh, so much life and relationship of these two characters is loaded into that one sentence. Like, and the fun of it as a, as a reader is your imagination gets to do that work. And it's kind of, sure. it's sad, it's sad sure. and it's tragic, but you get to kind of like, just imagine you, you're, you're told uh, more than you're given, if that makes any sense. Oh, absolutely. And I, and, and I'll, I'll, uh, see your compliment and, and raise you a little bit. Like he does it for, for me in this story, he does volumes with about five different sentences. And I, and, and I, I don't have them memorized and I didn't have them written down, but I, I think you'll remember where I'm going with this. He talks about the, difference between the our main character in last run on the ladder's name is larry and then his sister's name is kitty and so the difference between larry's leap into the hay and kitty's leap into the hay is expressed in like four or five sentences towards the end where he talks about how he was always unsure like always a little scared that the hay wouldn't break his fall or that somehow he would miss the hay that the that the hay wouldn't be there and he describes kitty a couple of times as uh, like she always knew the hay would be there, 
And so because one of the revelations that comes in the story is that she was hanging on to the ladder, but she could not see because she was holding on and looking up. She could not see that her brother was putting hay down below her to break her fall. So she didn't know what he was doing. All she heard was him telling her to hang on, hang on, hang on, and then her tell him to let go. And so she is in awe of him. Like, she breaks her ankle, but uh, when he goes in to check on her after she's woken up from this, um, she's, like, lovingly in awe of him. And he and she's like, you put down hay to break my fall. And he's like, you didn't know I was doing that? And she's and she I says, did write no. the line down. Oh, what does she say? Yeah. She says, I knew you must have been doing something to fix it. If you're my big brother, I knew you'd take care of me. Oh, my gosh, which is devastating to right. him. Right. And devastating to us as the readers of the piece. And and you talk about this great capacity King has for expressing a wealth, a lifetime of, of character history and understanding in a few sentences. It comes down in this story to Larry's the guy who always leaps, never quite sure if the hay will catch him. And she was the one that always knew the hay would be there. But because of the turn her life takes like and there's a couple of things that that are specific in there like she gets into a couple of bad and uh, it's implied abusive relationships and um a couple of those things just sort of beat her down like life just beats her down and all of her optimism and all of her hope just all sort of dwindles and shaves away and then the i believe the last line of the piece which again i didn't write down but i believe the last line of the piece is something akin to Larry saying she was the one who always knew the hay would be there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, mm-hmm. and just, and just how devastating that is to, to look at a character who's, who started life full of trust and optimism and hope. And then it just piece by piece gets carved away from her. Like she says in one of his letters, um, and he's recounting all of this to the audience and she says in one of her letters, you know, uh, P.S., can you please come see me? It's been a while. And he, he has good reasons, like, to him at the time. Like, he has these reasons of, you know, like, I, I, I couldn't do it when I was in law school because losing a week in law school is like losing an entire semester in other, you know, places. Um, and he said, I couldn't do it. Uh, when she asked me the second time because I had started work at a new firm and it was cutthroat for promotion. And if I had left at that point, like I would, I would never get that chance again. So to him, there were these pockets of space that he could have come and, and reached out and, and, and been in relationship with her or maybe pulled her back from this, but couldn't. And he says, and, and this is devastating, but he says that he chooses to think that she was tired of waiting rather than to think that he had given up on her. And I'm like, oh, mm. my God. Like, just, right. and, and uh, we're, we're describing this story that, I mean, in, in you know, the audiobook is about 30 minutes, so it takes 20 to 30 minutes to read. Packs, I don't think it's that long, but yeah. Yeah, it takes, it packs a wallop. I mean, this is. Well, I mean, it's funny because when, story. when, as I mentioned, like, intuiting, there may be some kind of edge to this, but not having, not knowing what it would be once the framing device kicks back in and he reads the clipping headline, as you alluded, call girl swan dives off building. I was like, wait, what? Oh my gosh. Oh my God. Wait, what? Like I literally, yeah. I rewound it. I, I backed up. I was like, wait, did I miss something? You know? Uh, <laughs> Cause yeah. not, not yeah. even because like he didn't do the work to, to tell me what happened, but as in, I was so like jarred 
Um, and I did want to highlight in this, if we were going to go deep on these, I don't have a ton to say about it, but it would be a thematic yeah. care, a, a thematic sort of springboard, a line he's referencing the newspaper clipping. And he said, mm-hmm. I carry that clipping the way you carry something heavy because carrying it is your work. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I was just so struck by that. And I do think there's space in the conversation about these two characters for acknowledging perhaps a codependence, like an unhealth there. But yeah, but regardless, I was so struck by that line. Carrying it is your work. And yeah, I feel for me personally in my faith journey of these days and these years, um, that rings so true. Like this is Mm. the, again, it could be construed as unhealthy. Like if you took it too far and I, I totally recognize that, like at a certain point, you know, Kitty chooses the choices she does and, and he yeah. doesn't, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, well, yeah, he, yeah. But I think as mature striving to be mature people of faith embodiers of Jesus, I think the notion carrying it as your work mm. is kind of the deal, mm. right? Like yeah. we, yeah. like, like yeah. me, I really did not mean to connect these are happening in real time. Like me listening to the stories of, black and brown brothers and sisters plight over and watching narrative depiction of is, is fraught with guilt and shame, not in an unhealthy way per se, because I don't like go there and just live there and dwell there, but because carrying it is my work. Like I have to be privy and knowledgeable and conscious and conscientious to the plight of those around me. And, and especially in Larry to Kitty, especially in a dynamic like that, where it's like, I have to be cognizant of the role I play, you know, whether it's, whether it's by omission or by commission to use good old church type words. Like (laughs) I think carrying it as the work is something we have to be attuned to. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I couldn't, no, I couldn't agree more. Um, I think that's a, a, that's a good place to, to sort of close this portion of things um and and i will say this that it we've we've hit the major beats of the story but uh as uh, our friend of the show bill oberst jr said when he was guesting on here like the written material is not about like what happens it's about these asides it's about the observations it's about the way that the material is contextualized and so even knowing ev- if you've listened to it and you now know everything that happens in the story it is still really powerful to read it's very moving it is uh, it is poignant and heartbreaking uh, but it's a very powerful and affecting story and i think you should seek it out i think you should read it um it's available in the collection night shift um or probably you know available in a variety of other places that you could just um you know seek out uh but yeah it's it's, it's great it's called the last rung on the ladder um and it is our uh, installment for the shorter portion of stephen king's non-horror material in this uh little hashtag different